Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Unspoken Rules podcast. It's your boy, Sebastian, a.k.a. Rabbit here. I'm here with my best friend, my sidekick, my co-host, Montana, a.k.a. Wildcard. And today, basically, we're going to be breaking down the 76ers-Wizards game and how is it really JoJo's injury that, that caused them to lose that game? Or is it Hacka Simmons that... uh? You know, Scott Brooks decided to deliberate and finally uh, plan and scheme for like he did back during the regular season. And the Jazz Grizzlies game that, you know, it's kind of that series is kind of going the way Montana and I both predicted it to be. Uh, the Trailblazers and Nuggets game, we'll, we'll kind of just talk about what we think is going to happen tonight. Lakers Suns, is AD going to be a huge piece and a huge like factor of, uh, of the Lakers? And, and will the Suns end up actually winning this series and winning this game tonight? And, of course, the Nets, Celtics, I mean, do we really got to talk about it too much? We already know the Nets will probably close out tonight, but we'll get we'll get into that later. Montana, a.k.a. Wildcard, feel free to take it away, boss. Uh, okay, man. All right. How's it going? How was your weekend? Good, good. How was yours? Uh, doing great, man. I watched a ton of movies this weekend. I got a lot of reviews up on my Instagram page. Yes, Ready sir, to talk yes, some sports now. All right, so we got the Wizards and the Philadelphia 76ers. We got the Washington Wizards winning 122 to 114. Jojo, not Jojo. Why am I calling him Jojo? Joel Embiid. <laughs> Joel, Joel Embiid had gotten injured in the first half. He landed kind of awkwardly off, kind of blocked by who, who blocked his shot? Was it, I believe Robin, it was Robin Lopez? Yes. Yeah, Robin Lopez blocked his shot. He just landed awkwardly and was never right. He didn't come back into the game. Uh, he finished with only eight points and six boards in 11 minutes of the game. Um, at that point, you expect your other players to probably step up and be actual stars, but we didn't really see that. So we had Ben Simmons, who had 13 points and 12 rebounds and three assists, all in the span of 25 minutes. We had Tobias Harris at 21 points, 13 rebounds, and five assists in 37 minutes. He played the most minutes out of everyone in this game. Uh, we had Danny Green had 11 points, three rebounds, and one assist. And I think I said Seth Curry, but if not, Seth Curry had 10 points, two rebounds, and two assists in 28 minutes. And off the bench, Tyrese Maxey and George Hill, the only double-digit scorers. Tyrese Maxey with 15 points and George Hill with 14 points. The Wizards were truly the heroes of last night's games after Joel Embiid went out. Uh, they played hard, and they wanted to win bad. Russell Westbrook had a triple-double with a monster routing with 19 points, 21 rebounds, and 14 assists. Bradley Beal had 27 points, 4 rebounds, and 4 assists. Rui Hachimura had 20 points, 13 rebounds, and 2 assists. Davis Bertans finally came to life, even though he left early in the game due to injury. Um, he had 15 points and 4 rebounds. Daniel Gafford inserted into the starting lineup for the first time in this series. Actually, might have worked out well for them. Had 12 points and four rebounds in 26 minutes. Rule Nuto, Neto, Nuto, whatever. Neto. 11 points, had three rebounds in 22 minutes. And Robin Lopez, who was one of the heroes of last night's games, only had 16 points, but he only did he did it in 19 minutes of gameplay, so he did pretty well. He was working on that that crazy looking skyhook shot hope, that yes, he had. <laughs> um, all right, so Sebastian. With the Wizards winning game four, do we Sorry. think if Joel Embiid misses extended period of time, will the Wizards come back and potentially win this series? Um, honestly, I had this series going six. Um, at first I had it going six. Then I was like, I think this might just end up being a sweep. But I don't know, man. Like the, the if if JoJo or sorry Joel Embiid does in fact miss time. Um, they're just going to have to get way more productive minutes, like you mentioned, from their bench. Um, Matisse Thibel did what he needed to do with eight points, but he only shot the ball six times. Mike Scott, he played 17 minutes, but he literally went 0 for 4. Dwight Howard went 0 for 3. Um, they just got to shoot the ball better. If, if Joel Embiid is not going to be playing, their bigs just have to step up and perform because Joel drops 30-plus a game. And so to not have that, to miss that, is, is going to be a huge impact for that team. Um, I think though, how Scott Brooks did in fact do like <clears throat> scheme and plan for Ben Simmons towards the end after, uh, Joel Embiid went out with the whole hack of Simmons thing. I think that was beautiful. 
I think in order for them, in order for the 76ers to win, even if it has nothing to do with this series, if they want to win a championship, like I think uh, Kenny mentioned last night on Inside the NBA um, or whatever, um, Ben Simmons literally has to hit these free throws. They're free throws for a reason. He went five for 11. And this cra- this is a crazy stat, by the way. Last night was these like the first points he ever hit from the free throw line this series. So this man is five for 20 from the free throw line this entire series. He went 0 for 6 game 1, did not shoot a single free throw game 2 and went 0 for 3 game 3. And then obviously 5 for 11 last night. If if they want to win this game, they need to get those points from Ben Simmons cuz literally they're free throws and then obviously everybody else just needs to step up. Seth I don't think he's going to shoot 0 for 4 again, you know, from the three-point line. I think he shoots a little bit better. Tobias is not going to shoot 1 for 5. I think he shoots a little bit better. So just more, it's just more of the matter of the fact that the shots need to fall, which they did it. And that's, that's pretty much it. I think they do end up closing out um, game five, but it's just unfortunate with JoJo um, going down with that injury. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. They said, what was it? It was, it looked like it was a hip injury. And then they said it was a, it was, they said it was what? A knee? It was a knee it, injury. It, was it looked like he was knee grabbing his, like, his, like, his, his upper leg. Or like his like thigh or whatever, but ended up being knee soreness. So I don't know how that injury is. I hope we'll find out later today exactly what's this the severity of it. But you know, hopefully for the 76ers to at least hurry up and finish this as fast as possible. Um, hopefully it's nothing too serious and too crazy. Uh, now for the Wizards with uh Burton Bertans, sorry, going down with that calf strain. I mean this game could have been a blowout, I guess, if you want to look at it like that, because he was having a phenomenal game. Um, but, I mean, their shots actually fell, minus obviously Russell Westbrook, but you don't really expect too much from Russ scoring this much or from hitting those many shots. He went three for 19. You don't really expect a lot from Russ, lightly at least. Um, and then Ish Smith went one for five. Surprisingly, though, Raul Neto stepped up because Ish Smith was so slow. Usually Ish Smith has at least like 10, 15, and Raul Neto doesn't really shoot the ball that much. But because uh, Ish Smith was taking too much to like get into rhythm, Raul Neto, Raul Neto stepped up and, and did what he needed to do. So we'll see. This I don't think this goes past six, but then again, I don't know. I'm, I was shocked last night with that injury. What do you think? All right. So what I think um... – with Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, you, when Joel Embiid goes down, those two guys are the leaders of the of the Philadelphia 76ers squad, mm-hmm. and they didn't perform like stars. I know Tobias Harris really isn't a that big of a star, but he's a good player for what he is. He's getting paid max money, and yeah. he has the capabilities of going for 30-plus. There's no doubt about that. Uh, ben Simmons, um, I was saying this last night when I was watching the game, if the guy can only learn how to shoot, this guy could be one of the best players of all time. Legit. He has the passing skills. He has the playmaking skills. He can rebound. He moves the ball up the court quickly. He doesn't slow down at all. He just has problems shooting the ball. He can't hit free throws. So the Wizards, Wizards exploited that last night by following him early in the game and following him late in the game because they know he can't hit his free throw shots. And he's going to give the Wizards chances to score more baskets. Um, as Ben Simmons, as a star player in this league, he needs to learn how to fix that because that's not something you can't do if you're going to win basketball games and stay late in the game is you got to learn how to shoot free throws or else Dockers is going to have a, a choice to make towards the end of games, whether or not letting Ben Simmons sit on the bench or letting him stay on the floor where the opponents can just foul him right away and not be, not be phased by it because they know what they're going to get from him is a sub 50% free throw shooter I mean, the guy going into the game was shot over 10 from the free throw line yeah. going in. So, like, the Sixers have issues going with, with that particular part of the basketball game. And Ben Simmons has to fix that going into game five. And for the, even for the rest of the playoffs, because if they, I know probably they're going to make it past this series. But if they go up against, say, the Atlanta Hawks, that's going to be an issue because you're going to need him to hit free throw shots because we know how how prolific of a scoring team that the Atlanta Hawks are. They have Trey Young, Bojan Bogdanovic. Tate, both of those guys alone are dropping 20-plus a game. John Collins finally woke up last game, so the scoring for the Hawks is going to be a problem for the Philadelphia 76ers if they get 
if that indeed is the matchup in the first round, not saying it is, but it probably will be at, at this point. So it's just an issue that the Sixers need to sure up going into the, to the next game and for the rest of the series. Um, as far as the Wizards go, Russell Westbrook um, had a crazy, crazy game. They played like they really wanted this game last night. And yeah. Bradley Beal and Westbrook finally showed up and played like superstars that they're supposed to be playing like. Um, even the role players like Rudy Hachimura played well. Uh, Robin Lopez played well and really ignited that spark in the first quarter to get them back in the game. And it was just uh, another level for the Wizards that we haven't seen so far in the previous games that maybe continues without Joel Embiid on the floor. Um, that's going to be their key. I think if Joel Embiid doesn't play next game, I think the Wizards might win. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Like that, 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 that just shows to prove either – Either that shows to prove that Joel is that much of an impact defensively on the court, or the Wizards were like, okay, hold on. He's not here. Let's just take advantage and just see what we can do to get into rhythm. Let's figure out what what needs to be done, whatever the case may be. And maybe putting Robin on the bench to take care of that second unit and attacking that that paint with Joel off the court was, was what they needed to ignite that spark for that team, as well as shoot. Look at this man, Russell Westbrook, 21 rebounds, career high in the playoffs, by the way. 14 assists and just setting that to, like, I mean, we expect at least the assist from Russell, but 21 rebounds? I don't like, bro, that, that was, that kind of just blew my mind there. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like the Wizards sparked something that, like you said, we have not seen. Does it continue? I don't know. kind of just depends on, like you said, Joel. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Joel's out and they win game, what is that, game five, and this goes to a sixth game. I wouldn't be surprised. So it kind of just comes down to Joel's uh, severity of his injury. Yeah, the health is a big, another question. Um, another storyline coming out of this game is another fan issue. Another fan issue has occurred in a basketball game. I don't know what's Jesus. going on with these fans. Um, people are just create the fans are just craving for attention. I guess now I feel like last night was just to do it, just to do it at, at this point, just to create another storyline for today. Uh, yeah. we had a fan charge the court. He didn't look like a, go up to any player or anything like that. He just went up on the court and like literally jumped up on top of the basket and the security guard put an epic tackle on the, uh, epic. Um, it was, it was kind of glorious to see that moment like finally the fans are not getting away with this these guys are going to catch them because we saw the guy in boston get arrested finally um yep. we finally see fans getting ca caught for their acts and it's gonna if they continue we're there's gonna have to be some changes that the nba are gonna have to enforce to to maybe limit the fans access to the game or something because yeah. i don't know like this is kind of getting ridiculous if something happens tonight and i don't know what's gonna happen NBA's response, they haven't really responded to anything yet, so I don't know what's going on with that situation. What do you think about this? Um, so they, I don't know, Ernie said it best last night, and I know it's like kind of weird, but at the end of the day, the NBA does have a code of conduct for their fans, right? And there, there has to be some sort of fine or some sort of like money like situation because at the end of the day, the worst case scenario, right, is that they get arrested. And nothing like they don't even like sometimes those charges just end up going away. Like, for example, the, the Trey Young situation. Honestly, I think Trey Young, like now thinking about it, I think Trey Young should have pressed charges. Obviously, yes, he's in the playoffs. They don't want to, you don't want to focus on that. Like, there's no reason to it. But to lay it down on these fans and realize how the severity of what they're doing is absolutely wrong and stupid. Uh, I think Trey Young should definitely should have pressed charges. Another thing Scott Brooks said that was that was perfectly worded was um, last night during his, his presser, he had mentioned that um, obviously there are great fans in Utah. There are great fans in New York. There are great fans in Boston. There's great fans in, in Washington. But at the end of the day, there's always going to be stupid people. There's going to be stupid fans who think that it's okay with an ill intention, ill intention to just go to the game and we're going to figure out a way to just ruin it. We're going to walk on the – we're going to run on the court. We're going to do something. We're going to throw a damn thing, whatever the case may be. And so what he said is those people, please just stay home. We don't want your money. We want nothing to do with you. You can be a fan, but be a fan from home. And that's, that's just straight up facts. Like there's there's nothing that they can really do other than potentially making it like an extreme 
fine if they do something like this crazy because if they do something crazy they'll get arrested they'll have to pay the the you know whatever they have to do in jail or whatever the case may be and then if they add the fine that like let's say an a hundred thousand dollar fine none of these people that are doing this have a hundred thousand dollars just laying around you know what i'm saying yeah it's, it's looked like it's been stupid people that don't have except with the exception of the new york guy he's like sitting damn near courtside so he might have some money you know what i'm saying other than that yeah, an extreme like fine has to be laid down or something to to make sure that nobody does any stupid things like this. But I don't know, man. It, it's it's kind of just difficult to to put into words of how to address this, how to take care of it, how to prevent it. Because at the end of the day, there are stupid people in this world. There are bad people in this world who think this is funny, who think they just want the attention, whatever the case may be. And here we are talking about another fan who probably just wanted attention. And so I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully the NBA does something about it to prevent it, but I don't know. There's there's nothing that we can really do at this point because it's been going on for too long. All right, so as we move on from the Wizards and the Philadelphia 76ers, and we're going to transfer – transfer. sorry, I can't even speak anymore. So the second game of last night, the Utah Jazz winning 120 to 113 over the Memphis Grizzlies. The Utah Jazz are are pretty much doing what is expected of them. They're winning basketball games, and they're winning them by scoring the basketball a lot because that's what they do best. Yep. Mike Conley in the starting lineup, starting point guard, had 11 points, 7 assists, and 3 rebounds in 32 minutes. Donovan Mitchell was starting to get back into playing shape, and, and he uh, showed why he's one of the best players in the league last night. He had 30 points, 8 assists, and 2 rebounds in 35 minutes. We had Rudy Gobert, who probably will win Defensive Player of the Year if I had to guess, has 17 points, 8 rebounds, and 1 assist in 32 minutes. Bojan Bogdanovic had 13 points, 2 assists, and 2 rebounds. Royce O'Neal had 30, played 35 minutes, had 9 points, 9 rebounds, and 1 assist. Off the bench, the 6th man of the year, Jordan Clarkson, had played 21 minutes. It's a crazy amount of points he put up in 21 minutes. He had 24 points and 6 rebounds. Joe Inglis, another finalist for six man of the year, had two points, five rebounds, and four assists. Um, that's pretty much Derek Favors had eight points, and George Georges Niang had six points. That pretty much follows it for the Utah Jazz. For the Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant played almost the entire game, had forty played 43 minutes, only dropped 23 points, 12 assists, and six rebounds. Jonas Valanciunas had 14 points, 12 rebounds in 35 minutes. Jaron Jackson Jr. finally is starting to play a little bit better as of late. He had 21 points and 6 rebounds. Dylan Brooks had played 37 minutes, had 21 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. No foul out for him today or last night. Uh, DeAnthony Melton had 15 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists in 23 minutes. And Desmond Bain, the only person that out the, on the bench that scored, had seven points, three re- rebounds, and two assists in 18 minutes. So, Sebastian, are the Utah Jazz officially going to close it out in game five? If I'm going to be totally honest, brother, yes, I think so. Um, you know, I, I didn't really have this series to, to be a long one. Uh, I didn't think this would be a long one. I was really surprised. You know what I'm saying? After after Memphis won that first one, but after that, I mean, the Jazz kind of just been ready to go, ready to hoop. You know, we finally saw Mr. Six Man of the Year step up. Man, yes, he's been averaging 14, 15 points a game, but this man finally came to, to hoop, bro. Before he was shooting like one for eight, two for ten, or not really shooting the three-point, you know, the three-point ball well, but he shot four for nine, a lot better than he has been in the past. And he scored 24 points. He had a great game, I think, coming off the bench and sparking it for the team, you know, especially when Mike Conley, who was averaging 20-plus per game, had a not, – not, not in the sense that it was a bad game, but he just had, you know, not a productive in the sense of shooting the ball. You know, he just shot the ball six times total with two free throws, but he had seven dimes. So I was, I was surprised at the fact that he didn't, you know, go out there like last game and just spark everything and just take it, you know what I'm saying, but – Hey, Jordan Clarkson did what he needed to do. Everybody else did what they needed to do, you know, to win the damn game. And, uh, yeah, if they just keep coming out playing like this, I wouldn't even be surprised if it's 
if it's really over, like as soon as you know, sooner than we think, you know. So next game, because like I don't know, Grayson Allen dropping eight points and not shooting the ball as well as he usually does. John Morant, we don't really expect him to shoot the damn three that well. I don't know how I feel about Jaron Jackson shooting 10 threes. He went three for 10. I don't know how I feel about that. Kyle Anderson being held to under 10 shocked me. I'm going to be totally honest with you. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't expect this to be, you know, a long one, like I said. I think this this is done in five, plain and simple. Call it a night. Great, you know, great effort by the Memphis Grizzlies. They, they shocked the world, keeping some of these games close. And by some, I mean, you know. Um, but I'm, I still, and I will say this so many times, as many as I, even if I get annoying to that point, I still think the damn Golden State Warriors would have put a better fight. I still think the damn Golden State Warriors, shoot, could have even maybe even won this series, bro. I still think the Golden State Warriors would have been a much, I would much rather watch them play in this series than the damn Memphis Grizzlies. And that's bottom line. That's bottom line. I'm sorry that I'm saying this to my Memphis fans that may be out there, but this was not a fun series to watch. I knew the Utah Jazz were going to win this, and I knew they were, I just thought it was going to be a sweep. But it ended up not being. You guys won one game. Thank you. Like, bro, come on, dude. I don't know what else to tell you, Chief. I don't know what else to tell you. Like this, I, I just, I wish my dog Stephen Curry was out there hooping and showing what Wardell does every night. And that's pretty much all I got to say on that. Yeah, so Stephen Curry's vacationing at some place with uh, Aisha Curry. You seen so, that? <laughs> um. Yeah, so the Utah Jazz, they're the probably I think they're the best team in the West right now. They're playing; they have so much firepower, um, scoring, playing at the at the top of their game. Um, if I had to guess, they're probably going to come out of that side of the bracket into the Western Conference Finals. Um, whoa, that's a big one here. That's a whoa. What? Whoa, that's a big one there, Montana. They're proving why they're the number one seed. Whoa. Whoa. What's going on, Sebastian A. Smith? What's in your mind? Hey, man, all I got to say is, listen, I get that Luca's injured. I get that 100%. But ain't no way you finna tell me that the Dallas Mavericks can't beat this squad. Uh, I think the Clippers are going to beat the Dallas you Mavericks. You think the Clippers? Oh, no, Lord Jesus. I don't think, I don't think Dallas is going to win another game. Is that because of Luca's injury? Uh, even because of Luca's injury, I think this is their, they, the Clippers have the momentum right now. They flipped the switch on Dallas. Um, They've blown them out the last few games. So I don't know. It's uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are actually showing up. So maybe they finally figured it out, and they're going to go into game five. Probably going to win that one, I think. Um, I don't know. I think it's not looking good for Dallas at the moment. Well, God dang, man. I am mind blown on that one. I am mind blown on that one. Okay. I I I had I had Dallas coming out. Obviously Luca's injury tweaked it a little bit, so but dang. All right. I'm shocked on that. All right, my bad. Continue. Back to the Utah Jazz. Yeah, continue. Uh, Donovan Donovan Mitchell is finally playing back at his level of play. He's showing up in the in the games now. He's got yeah, 30 points last night. Um, that's where I expect him to be at for the rest of the series and probably for the rest of the playoffs because um, the guy is on another level at the moment. He's probably one of the best shooting guards in the game. Um, he's got the pieces around him to, <clears throat> around him to thrive, and there's no excuses for the Jazz going forward because they got they got the talent and they got the pieces. Um, yeah, so I think the Utah Jazz are probably going to win game five at home. They're going to move on to the next round, wait for the winner of the Clippers Maverick series. You already heard my thoughts on that. Yes, sir. Um, for, as far as the Grizzlies go, I totally agree with the Golden State Warriors take because mm. I believe they would have given them a better fight. Yep. Stephen Curry, in my opinion, is probably he, he had a great season. I think Jokic is probably going to win MVP, but he probably will be would have been second in my voting if I had a vote. Um, but the Grizzlies are just so boring to watch. <laughs> like. Just the Grizzlies are just one of the most boring teams in the NBA. Like I, just, I don't, I don't care if they're playing or not. Like I didn't even hardly even watch the game last night. Um, John Morant and is probably the only enter- entertaining player on that team. Everyone else, I can give two shits about. So it's uh, it's definitely something that the NBA has to look at for the play-in tournament going forward. Because do you want the best teams or do you want the worst teams? 
So and it's just not I don't know. It's just a difficult situation all around. What's so funny? No, just your take. That was that was that was amazing, bro. That was impeccable. Impeccable. Uh, was, right. Yeah, it was impeccable, bro. Um, so if you got nothing else to talk about, no, I mean this uh, game, I'm, I, I'm all with you, brother. Uh, this, the Jazz, the Jazz are the better team. They're gonna win yes, Game sir. Five. There's nothing, if, no ifs, ands, and buts about it. So yes, before we get into the preview for Tuesday night's games, I'm going to remind you guys about a couple things relating to the podcast. As you see on the bottom on the ticker down below. Make sure you follow the podcast and rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, it would really help us get seen by other people. Reviews and ratings help us get seen by other people. So if you haven't rated the show or reviewed the show yet, please do so. It would really help. Give us a five-star rating. Tell, tell us how much you love me and Sebastian. Or if you want to talk about Sebastian A. Smith, there's that too. Um, yeah. All righty. So, and also we're on YouTube, of course, if you want to watch the VODs back, you can watch it here or you can watch it on YouTube. We're on both, both sides of the spectrum there. Um, Rabbit, anything else you wanted to plug before we move on? Um, no, sir. I'm just uh, selling the bag with these uh, links in the chat. I apologize. All righty. So, as we move on from last night's games, we're going to move into tonight's games. We have the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. The Brooklyn Nets on the verge of going 4-1 and completing the series. They got the game in Brooklyn tonight. They're playing at 7.30 Eastern time on TNT. Then at 9 o'clock Eastern time, the Denver Nuggets are back home against the Portland Trailblazers on NBA TV. And then we have probably the biggest game of the night, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Phoenix Suns at 10 p.m. Eastern time on TNT. Um, They're both, the Suns and the Lakers are tied two games apiece. Anthony Davis is not expected to play tonight. Um, For as far as those games go, I believe we're going to start with the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. All three of those guys are are monsters. (laughs) Legit. Both, all three of them combined for 101 points last game. That's insane. Insane. Um, I don't see the Celtics winning this. I think the Brooklyn Nets are probably going to blow them out like they did last game. Um, they're just too, they have too much firepower. Uh, just the three of them alone could get them wins. Like, it's not going to, it's like, it's, I don't think anyone's coming out of the East and beating them. Maybe the Milwaukee Bucks have a chance, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to be. That series is going to be probably probably intense and crazy, but the Nets are going to win tonight. The Celtics are probably going to go home. Sorry to say that to the Celtics fans, but you're missing Kemba Walker, missing Jalen Brown. They don't have enough scoring to keep up with Brooklyn. Jason Tatum's probably not going to drop another 50 bomb. Or yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. Um, what do you think about this one? I mean, I said this from the get go. You know, I was even—I was surprised that they even won a game. To be honest with you, you know, I was, I was just trying to be nice and say, you know, as you know, politely as I could, that this was going to be a sweep. Um, but Jason Tatum proved to the world that that he's—he's he's a good player. Actually, not a good, a phenomenal player. When he dropped that fifty-pointer, you know what I mean? And it's just—it's uh, unfortunate. Like you said, no Kemba, no Jalen Brown. That's—that's that's really what hurt him right there. No Jalen Brown. Do I think even with Jalen Brown, this would have been a series? Sure. I guess you could you could put the ifs there, that maybe this goes six. But um, I don't know. I just think, like you said, their dominance from that big three that they have in Brooklyn is just too much, way too much for them. Um, and it, it's just so many people can shoot on that team. So many people can score. It's not even just them three. You know what I mean? Like it just the fact that they have – if any, if if they're having bad nights, if one of them are having bad nights, all they gotta do, uh, do is rely on Joe Harris. Like, bro, the fact of the matter is that they have so many people that they can rely on to score. Now, it, I, like Boston, Boston just doesn't have that, and I'm just, I don't know. There's just so like so much goes into it. You know what I mean? And it's just like those when three, any of the big, when any of the big three, when two of them can score forty each, you know, you exactly. Got you, exactly, bro. And like, do you look at do you look at like Boston as okay? Maybe it's just the the fact that they're missing Jalen Brown and and Campbell. Like, maybe it's just 
Maybe it's just a defensive thing, da 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 da, da injuries or whatever the case may be. Or is this just going to be like this against Milwaukee? Are two of them going to score forty, and then and then one of them goes like slight twenty five, and then, or like maybe under twenty, whatever the case may be. The fact of the matter is they're going to get fifteen minimum from all three. Obviously, you know fifteen they're not going to get, but you know what I mean, right? And then they're going to get fifteen from Joe Harris, and then they'll get fifteen off the bench somewhere. Someone will provide fifteen off the bench. So not only do you have your three, your three, your big three scoring over twenty, then you have Joe Harris scoring fifteen plus. Then you have at least one bench player scoring fifteen. How are you going to stop that? How are you going to stop that? You can't stop it. So I don't know. That's why I said this year they've been my champion since since James Harden joined them. Uh, I've, I've been said that they were going to win. I think everybody has said that they were going to win because they're the favorites. Um, but I think if this does not happen year one. Either I don't know. Somebody's got to go. They got to. I think. I think what Dinwiddie Dinwiddie might get. They're they're talking about a possible trade for Dinwiddie if he's when he gets healthy. Is that I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that later on. But I think something needs to happen to help this team if they don't win year one. Because I like bro. If they don't win, I'm, I'll be mind blown. You know what I'm saying? I'll put all my money that they win. You put all yeah. your money that they win the finals. Yeah, they win the finals. Absolutely. I I put a lot of money down. Alrighty, but, you heard her yeah. here first. Everyone bet Sebastian all his money. That's exactly all right. right. <laughs> Alrighty, so I agree. You agree. The Brooklyn Nets are gonna win tonight. Yep. Game five, decisive, dramatic fashion, close game, dramatic fashion, dramatic mm-hmm. fashion or decisive. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. That junk is that junk is another blowout, bro. I don't think it's close. Another blowout. You heard it here first from us. Blowouts from both all sides around. Mm-hmm. Um. Alrighty, so we're going to move into the next game. The Denver Nuggets are back home against the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, it was a pretty crazy last two games for both squads. Denver blows out Portland in game three. Portland blows out Denver in game four. Um, I don't know where tonight's going to go. Um, I can anticipate probably Denver winning tonight's game. Um but it's going to be a close game, I think. I think Denver and Jokic and Michael Porter Jr., all those guys down there, are probably going to wake up back up and smell the coffee a little bit. They have to win tonight's game. If they don't win tonight's game and Portland wins tonight's game, game six is going to become a lot harder for Denver to come back from because going back to Portland and if Portland's up 3-2, it's going to be a little bit too hard for them to make a comeback. Um, Damian Lillard is probably going to step up. He you know what he does every night. Um, CJ McCollum has to play well to win this game. Narkish has to play well on Jokic to win this game. Uh, Carmelo Anthony has to do at least 15 to 20 points off the bench to win. Uh, Denver probably is going to win this game by at least five or six points. So what do you think about this one? Um, I'm going to be totally honest, brother. Like, I, I'm the complete opposite. Uh, well, everything you said on the latter was, was actually facts. But – I'm the complete opposite in the sense of who I think is going to take the ring or not the ring. Sorry. The win tonight. Uh, I think Portland wins tonight. Um, I think Dame Dalla does what Dame Dalla does and puts on a show. I think mm-hmm. CJ McCollum steps up even more and puts on a little show. I think I could even see CJ go for like 27, potentially even 30 as well as Dame Dalla. I think drops about 35, maybe even a 40 piece tonight. Um, and I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I just see, I just see, uh, I just see a, a very, 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 or I feel like this is going to be a very, very, very big win for Portland, and the and they're just not going to take, they're not going to miss that opportunity to, you know, just basically lock this series down. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I just think, I think Dane Dollar comes out. And just sparks it. Obviously, Joker's gonna come out and do what Joker does. Man's probably gonna get a triple double. You know, I said it here first. Man will have a triple double tonight. I think MPJ drops about a 25 bomb. Um, I think Aaron Gordon struggles. Um, and I think he drops like around maybe 15 or under. Uh, I don't think I don't think he sparks anything. And then um I think the 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 bench for uh Denver just struggles tonight. And that's going to be the reason why uh, Portland goes on and wins this game. I think you're going to get your points from Joker and MPJ. You know what I'm saying? But their problem tonight is going to be 
their bench and the rest of the role players are, won't step up. And I think I think Portland will be ready for tonight and take care of it in Denver and win. All righty. So you got Denver. You got Denver. Okay, so that's what you said. No, 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 no. I have Portland. All right. So you have Portland. I have Denver. We're yeah. on both sides of the of the table here. Yeah. Um. As we move on from this game. We're going to now go into the biggest game of the night. The Phoenix Suns are back home. Wait, wait, wait. Let me mention five. one thing. Let me mention one thing. Sorry to interrupt. This man, Dame Dalla, dropped 10 points last night or last game. That's that's one of my also main reasons as to why I think Dame's going to come out and just go crazy. You don't see Dame Dalla. Mind you, they still won. But you don't see Dame Dalla drop 10 points and, you know, and then not come back and spark and go crazy the, the game after. You know what I mean? So he had a, a slow night, and what's going to turn it around is he's going to come out and go even crazy. And they're going to, you know, they're going to get this win and carry on that momentum and, and finish the season off in six. <clears throat> okay, then. Back. There you go. Huh. So as we move on, we're going to now move to the Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Lakers is game five. Both yes, teams are tied two games apiece. Anthony Davis has a growing strain um, not anticipated to play in tonight's game. How it affects the Lakers could be drastic. It could not be drastic. We, we, we shall see on this discussion. Um, so, Sebastian, <laughs> who do you got winning game five tonight? I think, I think we both know who I have winning game five tonight. It's it's just it's crazy to me, and I'll, I'll give my answer right now. I have the Phoenix Suns winning tonight. That's no question. It's just crazy to me how CP3 goes down, and I'll say it right now. CP3 goes down game one. Mind you, fights through that shoulder pain games two and three, right? He fights through it, and yet everybody said, you can't use that CP3 injury as an excuse. He is still playing. He's just not healthy. It's interesting to me how everybody now wants to have their little uh, excuse train. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Anthony Davis is hurt. If the Lakers lose, it's because Anthony Davis just wasn't healthy. So yeah. what's up with that? You guys said, no, we can't use CP3's injury as an excuse. And yet now you're using AD's injury as an excuse. Injuries are a part of the are a part of the NBA, are they not? Well, they're a part of sports. But are they not a part of the NBA? Like, come on. Injuries happen. The next – you have Montrez Harrell playing five minutes last game. You have Montrez Harrell wasting – making that tweet. Let me find the tweet. Give me one second. Montrez Harrell, and I quote, tweeted out, he tweeted out, hold on, worst effing feeling is wasted time. Worst effing feeling is wasted time. The man is sitting on that bench because he didn't play in game two and he didn't play in game three. The man is sitting there being the, the reigning sixth man of the year, getting zero minutes. Zero minutes. So how are you going to tell me that there's a, this is an excusable loss? You have this reigning sixth man of the year on the bench playing no minutes. Plays five minutes of the game, AD goes out. That's not, that's not my problem. Frank Vogel needs to figure out how to put this man in the rotation. Montrez, even if he plays soft, that's on Montrez. The fact of the matter is, he needs to play this game. He who did not bring Montrez Harrell from the damn Clippers to come to the Lakers to just sit on the bench and, and just enjoy life and win a ring. No. He's supposed to help you win that ring. Now that AD's out, he needs to help you even more. That man needs to step up and prove why he came here to the Lake Show and get a ring for them. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I just – I don't understand how everybody's trying to use excuses and, and you know, hop on the little toot-toot train and just, you know, like you have so many good players not playing minutes. What's his name? Horton. Talon Horton or whatever. He, he hasn't played. The man hasn't played in like a game or two. Let him hoop. We all know he's a hooper. You know what I'm saying? What's going on over there? KCP's out. How are you not going to give him minutes? You know what I'm saying? You have you're missing KCP and Anthony Davis. How are those two players out of all the players in, on your on your roster not going to get minutes? You know what I mean, Montana? Maybe I'm tripping. I ju I just feel like Montrez and, and Horton not getting minutes just makes no sense to me. Um, but yeah, I think obviously the Suns win. I don't think it's a blowout. I think LeBron is going to be who LeBron is and it's going to step up. He's going to show us prime, you know what I'm saying, prime time freaking Miami Heat LeBron James and, and put on a show and, and carry his team to a close game.
But later down in the stretch, I think Chris Paul dots somebody or Devin Booker dots somebody. Cam Johnson maybe hits a banger right there or Jay Crowder closes out the game with a dagger. Whatever the case may be, uh, I think it's a close one down the stretch. Somebody on the Suns hits a dagger and they win the game in a, in a very close one. Phoenix Suns tonight by like five, four or five. Okay, so exactly what you just said about LeBron is exactly why the Lakers are going to win tonight's game. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> LeBron has 14 and oh in the first round. 14 okay. and oh. Okay. Um, LeBron is going to have one of those LeBron James type. If you look at him, if he's going to give you that stare down, and he's gonna, he's gonna know what the challenge is tonight. Um, some other guys on the squad are gonna have to step up, like Schroeder and Drummond, and even Montrezl Harrell is probably gonna have to get into the game at some point because um, he's gonna need the pieces around him to be great in order to win. I mean, Schroeder's gonna have to go for a tw- for thirty around twenty five to thirty, I think, in mm-hmm. order for this to happen. LeBron's gonna have to go for forty plus. Uh, I could totally see it happening. Even at his age now, LeBron's gonna. He's going to show up tonight. I think he knows what's on, on the line for his, for him and for his team, for for his legacy a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to come out, and he's going to show the world that he's still the king and that he's still the greatest player in the world. Um, LeBron is going to carry his team to victory tonight. And I got the Los Angeles Lakers winning a close one by four or five points. Defensively, the Lakers are still the best team in the league defensively. So I still think they're going to wrap. Even without Anthony Davis, the defense will be fine, I think. Um, they only allowed 100 points, 101 points last game. So I still think the Lakers are going to – I know everyone's saying that Chris Paul looks like he's healthy now, blah, blah, blah. But the Lakers are – they're still the, the champs until they're not the champs. So um, I think the Lakers are going to win by four or five points tonight. What do you have to say about that? I mean, I mean, I, it's not like I can't see it. At the end of the day, like you said, they are the defending champs. It's LeBron James we're talking about. Nobody can sit here and tell me that LeBron James, like I see it all the time. And I even had this conversation last night. Somebody was telling me that LeBron's not in the top five. You can't have this discussion about LeBron being in a top five in the NBA right now. LeBron is the best player and will be the best player in the world until he retires. So he's not even, you can't even put him whether he's, you know what I'm saying? Like, because he's not, he's not going to average 30 something points a game anymore. That's just not LeBron. And that's not how he plays. He took the role back. He took a step back and let AD carry this team to success. You know what I mean? So LeBron cannot be categorized in a top five, top 10 list because LeBron is in his own category, his own list as the greatest player of this generation, hands down. You know what I'm saying? Nobody can take that away from him. LeBron, single-handedly, could be the best, it's debatable, the best player ever over Jordan or the second best in my eyes behind Jordan. So regardless of of the fact, the matter is he, no matter how old, no matter if he's still in the league, will be the best player on this planet, hands down. So I definitely can see this happening. I've seen it happen. You know what I mean? The problem is that I just don't trust his role players to step in the way his other teams in the past have. Schroeder needs to step up, like you said. Caruso can get there to maybe a 15, 10-point game. Kuzma's my only sketch out. And what they're going to do with their bigs, are they going to rely on Marc Gasol and Andre Drummond like they have been? Or are they finally going to give this man Montrez and let him out of the damn doghouse, you know what I'm saying, and put him in this game and let him go crazy? What are they going to – I just – I need to see what they do. When I tell if, – if they come out the way that I think they can come out, then I'll change my whole script and I'll let you have it. The Lakers win. But if they come out the way they have been and the way they did, then I just don't know because, because their team is just very sketched out. I don't trust it. KCP being gone, although he is ass, excuse me, but, you know, the man the man literally is one of the most inconsistent, but he's a very defensive – like strong player. So that's a big piece they're missing. Wesley Matthews is going to have to step up defensively as well as hitting buckets. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's just so much, there's so much that they need to go right offensively, as well as there's so much that they need to go wrong on the, on the Phoenix sun side. 
I don't think Phoenix is going to play stupid. I think they play passive or maybe safe, and they, they take smart shots. If they go in, they go in. It's just going to come down to is Phoenix going to hit the shots that they need to to win this game, or are they going to go – they're going to start out slow, and, and it's going to be a struggle for them to bounce back. Because if they start out slow and LeBron takes advantage of that, it's over, and the Lakers are going to win by a blowout if, if they start slow. If it's a back and forth, I think eventually it's going to catch up with the Lakers, and the Suns finish that game out by five. But Okay. Okay. Yeah, I definitely can see the Lakers winning tonight. I just think it's going to be too much with that AD with AD being out. It's going to just be too much for them, especially in Phoenix. Um, so I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Alrighty. So if we got, if we're done with that game, I think there's a couple topics that I want to add towards the end that we didn't get a chance to cover because of yesterday's Memorial Day yes, and sir. not having any weekend shows. Um, so we had the Milwaukee Bucks sweep the <sighs> Miami Heat. So unfortunately, oh, you, that happens. You want to talk um, about this? Okay. And then we also had the Atlanta Hawks going up 3-1 over the New York Knicks. Um, we also had the Clippers or flipping the script on the Dallas Mavericks now. Not one team has won a home game yet in mm-hmm. the series. Um Doncic has a neck strain that appears to be affecting him, but as as of this morning, it appears that it looks like it's going to be getting better. They still have another day to rest today. They're going to play tomorrow. Um, so before we get into all those other topics, I want to talk about the Miami Heat being swept by the Milwaukee Bucks. Four games to zero. The Miami Heat had, had every opportunity – in game four to come out and win that game. They were up by 10 almost going into the half. Um, that second half was a complete disaster for the squad. I don't even know what the hell happens. But Jimmy Butler did not play like a superstar. Bam, did not play like an all-star. Um, Tyler Hero, I don't know what the hell happened to this guy. Like This season has just been up and down for the guy, and I don't know where his future lies with Miami going into the offseason. I already seen some reports from Duncan Robinson coming out that he was prioritizing fit, money, and a chance to win. So we know he's going to want to get paid. Um, there's going to be a lot of things happening for the Miami Heat this offseason because the team's going to look a little bit different next year. Um, I still think we're going to be able to get an all-star caliber player to come join Jimmy and Bam. Uh, we need a stretch, a stretch big that can rebound and stretch the floor and hit threes. Um, Goran Dragic, we're gonna have to make a decision on whether or not he's right for the squad going forward. Kendrick Nunn, we're gonna have to make a decision how much, how much are other teams willing to pay him, and are we willing to match any contract offer that comes our way? Uh, the Heat have a lot of questions going into the offseason. They they need to get someone that can like if, as far as all stars go. They need to get a, a number one scorer because Jimmy Butler is not a scorer. The guy literally just drives to the basket all game long, and he can't. She just doesn't want to shoot the ball for unbeknownst reasons. Why? Because when he was in Chicago and Philly, he would lo- he shoot he shot the ball. It's not like he didn't shoot the ball. I don't know what where the, the mentality when he came to Miami that he was just going to attack the basket this whole time came from. But that is going <laughs> to it's going to take a lot of beating on his body. And we, we saw it in the series that he didn't cross 20 points once. So it's just, it's just concerning to see going forward. Um, what do you think? Uh, what are your thoughts on this situation, Sebastian? So, I mean, it's the Miami Heat, right? Over the last offseason after we lost in the finals, um, we decided to not bring back Jay Crowder. I still think that was a very, very bad decision. Um, Jay Crowder was a focal point in the sense of his veteran, you know, leadership and being able to, to get in people's ears and like, all right, yo, we got to do this. We got to step up and just like keep them motivated and keep them up to, uh, at least on the defensive side of things, um, keep their head up and just like, you know, the grit and grind, um, aspect behind heat culture is what Jake Crowder fit perfectly in Miami. Um, what else? Um, this this season, like at the at the trade deadline, trading away Kelly Olynyk was huge for the Miami Heat because, as you said, we need a stretch big. Uh, Kelly Olynyk fit that perfectly. At least we saw that in the Milwaukee series. That man last year in the in the first round carried us. You know what I'm saying? He carried us in in his little role that he was playing. He shot the ball 
very well. He scored, what, like 20-something sometimes and whatnot. So losing that presence with the intention to get it back in a, in a, in a different manner with Victor Oladipo was a good idea. Unfortunately, Victor Oladipo got hurt. He's an injury-prone type of player, which honestly, I mean, I guess we should have expected. Um, at the end of the day, that trade was a gamble to get a successful all-star like Victor Oladipo to help this team and contribute to this team's success. Now, he got injured. We have to live with it. We had to try and step up, which is why we brought in Trevor Ariza as well. You know what I mean? And then that's why we also brought in Bielitsa, who's a, who's a stretch big, to replace Kelly. Um, but unfortunately, it just didn't fit. People didn't fit the way we, you know, we wanted it. Spolstra couldn't mesh the right lineups together, and I don't blame this at all on Spolstra because he got this rotation and he got this roster that he had to try and mesh with, and they just didn't mesh well. You know what I'm saying? Then they try to bring Dwayne Dedman late, which was a good pickup. I like Dwayne Dedman personally. You know, he's a stretch big. I, I don't. He barely even, you know, did his thing from the three, but he could rebound the ball. He's a nice big alongside Bam. I think we should keep him as a backup. Um, but there's just a lot of things that are questioned when it comes to decision making last year. Compare like comparing that team that made it to the finals to now. Yes, it's not a lot of dip players different, but the fact of the matter is, Ko was a huge piece to our team. Jake Crowder was a huge piece to our team, right? And to lose those two pieces and their mindsets in trades is what impacted our team compared this year. And also, obviously, the injury of Oladipo. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with Goran, I think it's his last year in a Heat uniform. Uh, unfortunately, I love Goran to death. Um, but we're just, we just can't pay that, that money to him again because we want to pay elsewhere. You know, we want to pay that money to Ken to Kendrick Nunn if we want to keep him, if that's what we're going to do. Um, we got to pay that money to Duncan if he wants to stay. God knows what he wants to do, you know. But back in the day before this, like when this whole trade rumors were going down for, to get James Harden, I was not for it because I was so convinced that Tyler and and Duncan were going to be great this year. There was not going to be any slumps. There weren't. It wasn't going to be bad games. And unfortunately, it's just – all downhill, and I think that's one of our biggest mistakes. I think not trading for James Harden. Uh, I was proved wrong. I was proved wrong. As I said, I need to be proved wrong as to why this trade needed to happen, and this trade needed to happen, and it is what it is. But I think Kawhi joins the squad, hopefully, and by I think it's more so praying to God that Kawhi joins the team because that would be a nice piece. That would be a nice fit. Um when it comes to a stretch big, I don't know who the hell we can pick up, honestly, to add to this team. Um, because we already know from the Hassan Whiteside era that Bam does not mesh well with a big with a with a true center like Hassan. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do. We gotta find somebody and and just roll with the punches. And that's, that's pretty much it. There's just a lot, like you said, a lot of questions, bro. I don't know. Do we do we see the the, uh, the Heat bringing back the Victor Oladipo next season? No, I hope not. At least the man uh, the man is injury prone. I don't want to risk going into the year with the mindset that there's a chance that we win, right? And then he somehow goes down week two, week three, halfway through the year at the deadline when we can't even trade him. You know what I mean? Like I he's just too injury prone. I love the man to death, and he's also a phenomenal artist because he does sing. You know what I'm saying? But. That man just he, he just gets injured too much. I can't pay him that money if he's not going to stay healthy and perform on the court. There's only about three people that I could see the Heat either acquiring via trade or in free agency that I would want to fill that number one scorer role, and that's yeah. Kawhi, that's Bradley Beal, and of that's Zach Levine. One of those yeah. three um, I think would make huge difference for us scoring yeah. the basketball because in that situation where we needed the number one scorer, we didn't have it. Yep. And it was just bad because I don't think Jimmy Butler is a number one. I think he's a number two player. Mm -hmm. um, defensively, he's great. Offensively, he's not great. Um, yeah. He can make plays, but if he can't shoot. It's like he's just yeah. attacking the basket the whole time. He was afraid to shoot three-pointers when he was left wide open half the time, and that's yeah. a problem. If you're a number one player and you can't – just the same thing happened with Ben Simmons, in my opinion. Um, if you can't shoot – like you can't be a number one. This can't be. And Jimmy Butler is not the number one. 
Um, Tyler Hero, I don't know what if we're gonna if we're gonna trade him for someone like Bradley Beal or Zach Levine. Um, hmm. If we decided to go that route, I'd be fine with it because we're in a win now situation. And I don't know how long Tyler Hero or if this year phase his mindset going into next year. Um, it's a lot of que- there's just a lot of questions with the Heat. Hopefully yeah. we will get those answers in the off season. The draft is also going to be depending on not or not whether or not we keep our draft pick. At the uh, end of the day, protections and stuff like that. At the end of the day, I've said it and I'll continue to say it. I don't care what anybody has to say because at the end of the day, some people aren't true Heat fans. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, not only am I going to ride or die, I mean, ride and die for my squad, but in Pat, we trust. You know what I'm saying? I love Pat Riley. The man has always done us good. He's never done us bad. You know what I'm saying? He took a gamble with Oladipo, and he got injured. That's it. If Oladipo, You have to like think about it. If Oladipo was healthy, that series is a little different. The playoffs and the rest of the season would be a little different. But the fact of the matter is he was injured. You know what I mean, Montana? And so I will forever trust Pat Riley. I love the man of death. He's brought us a ring, not one, but three. You know what I'm saying? So I trust Pat. That's the end of that. All right. We shall see with the Miami Heat going forward into the offseason and going into the next season. We'll be sure to cover it here on the podcast. Yes, sir. Um, next, we got the Atlanta Hawks going up three games to one over the New York Knicks. Uh, we can go quickly through this one. Uh, yeah. Trey Young had – he's been having a monster, monstrosity – like monstrosity type games in Atlanta. Um, his role players are showing up for him. Um, defensively, they clicked the switch on the Knicks a little bit. Um, I don't know exactly. John Collins had 22 points last game. He was a bit, another big piece to why they won last game. Going into game five, I don't know – if the Knicks being home is going to make the difference for them to come back in the series. Uh, I think they, the Knicks are going to wing. I think I said this was going seven. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to go seven anymore. I think Atlanta probably wins now in six. I think New York's going to win game five tomorrow night. Um, Trey young. He's a great player. He's uh, becoming a superstar right before our eyes in the playoffs. Um, if they do indeed make it to the next round against Philly, I think they have a shot to even win that series. So we'll see. I mean, they have the firepower to do it. Yep. Uh, they have the coaching to do it. They, as soon as they switched to Nate McMillan as head coach, it's like something happens to the team and they just flipped the on switch and they went from there. As much as I hate the Atlanta Hawks, I got to give them credit where credit's due. They're winning, they're winning games. They got, they got the superstar player. Um, they're, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with for the future and for the rest of the rest of Trey Young's career. He's going to be a prolific scorer. He's going to be like Steph Curry. He might not be as good as Steph Curry, but he's on that level. Um, yep. So, what do you think about the Atlanta Hawks going forward into Game Five? Um, I think Atlanta closes out. I think they they just they finish that. Um, listen, this is no shot. If anything, I hope obviously he's never going to hear this, but I hope Nick fans look at this as as a form of a potential upside of Julius Randle. What I, my be, my biggest my biggest and best comparison that I can say for right now is that Julius Randle is a regular season player. My biggest comparison is to look at what Giannis was last year. Giannis was a regular season player. This year made a, a flip of the goddamn script, as well as obviously they added more pieces to the to the Milwaukee Bucks. But year one, Julius Randle, regular season, balled out. His first ever playoff appearance, he's mad nervous. He's scared. He doesn't know what to do. He's, he, you know, he's, he's just playing really, really, really scared. I think he gets the experience under his belt, and I think that Julius Randle, with obviously an addition of a few pieces than the New York Knicks need, I think they have a chance at being able to come back next year and actually making it out of the first round and getting to that second round against who the hell ever knows. And But Julius Randle will be playing the way that Julius Randle did in the regular season. He'll transfer that over to the postseason, and they'll be able to win ball games. Right now, he's not ready for the postseason at all. He's too scared. He's too passive. The man is just literally not knowing what the hell he wants to do on the court. But at the end of the day, I trust Tibbs. Tibbs is a phenomenal coach. 
The Knicks, you know, have been in a rough patch for, you know, quite some time, but this is the spark they needed to to believe in their fan or believe in their team again and hopefully this this year proves to them that it is a successful year and that they need to build around Julius and their office core pieces and, you know, just get better and and figure out what went wrong in this series. Um, but yeah, I think Trey Young is just too much outmatch. Uh, I think the Hawks are just too much of an outmatch for them. And I think this series is pretty much done. It's what they play tomorrow, right? So tomorrow, yeah, I think, tomorrow. I think, I think it's done tomorrow. Yeah. Alrighty. So I have the Knicks winning game five. You have the Hawks winning game five. I guess we'll find yes, out tomorrow and we'll cover that on Thursday's show. Yes, sir. Um, the last game I want to talk about or the last uh, topic I want to talk about for the day, the Dallas Mavericks. Up to a game, up two games to zero, lose both games at home. The Clippers have flipped the script on the Dallas Mavericks. Not one team in the series has won a home game yet. Yep. Uh, Luka Doncic, we don't know how healthy he is going into Game Five for the neck strain. Reportedly, he is getting better. Um, he, he has another day to rest, and most of the day tomorrow to rest. But if one hit to the shoulder or something messes with him up or something, the Mavericks are in trouble. I think yep. the Clippers are going to win tomorrow and get the first home victory of the series. The Clippers have flipped the script on the Dallas Mavericks. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um, Paul George is living up to that playoff P nickname now. <laughs> um, not pandemic P anymore. He's playoff P now. Yep. Uh, he's balling at another level, and Kawhi Leonard him and him and Paul George are now showing why they're two of the best two-way players in the league. They have a chance to win game five tomorrow night, and I believe they're going to do so. The Clippers are probably the scariest team in the Western Conference if they're right. I mean, they have Kawhi Leonard is a two-time or yeah, two-time NBA champion. He's won Finals MVP twice. He's carried the Toronto Raptors to the title once. He might not have as great of a team as the Toronto that Toronto Raptors, but he's got the superstar player right next to him. The Clippers are going to win this series in six. I'm going to now when I thought the Mavericks were going to win in a sweep. That did not happen. So the Clippers have, have got the Mavericks number now. Uh, if Doncic isn't healthy, the Mavericks have no shot. Zero shot. The Clippers are going to win tomorrow night. What are your thoughts on this? I think um, I'm the opposite. Um, yes, I get it. Playoff P is living up to the final title. Um, Kawhi is going to be Kawhi. <clears throat> but... I just I think the Dallas Mavericks, and I'll say this, and I've, I've said it I don't know how many times already, is the most slept on and most underappreciated and most underrated team in the NBA, um, obviously besides the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think, yes, that Luka injury is a little rough. That Luka injury could be, you know, could hurt them. Um, but if it's as healthy, as healthy as he says it is and he has one more day of rest, I think Luka can come back, bounce back. He said it himself. He said it in the post game that his injury has nothing to do with how bad they played. He just personally had a bad night. And if that is the case, if he personally just had a bad night and the injury had nothing to do with it, even though we both know that it was, because we saw him, you know what I'm saying? He, we saw him, you know, ah, grimace or whatever the word is. Um, you know what I'm saying? We, like, we saw him do his thing. Um, I think if it's true that the injury was not the problem, he just was having a bad night, I think he bounces back, he wins the game, and then they go back home and they win. They finish in six. I know you have them finishing. You have the Clippers in six. I still have the Mavericks in six. Um, I think we will see at some point in time, we will see pandemic P. I don't think Paul George will come out and play off P. Like I know he has the past two games or whatever the, may, the case may be. We're going to see pandemic P soon. Uh, we might even see it tomorrow or whatever the next game is. Um, but, yeah, bro, I think, I think the Mavericks close out, finish in six. We just call that a night. And Luca moves on. Hopefully, has enough time to rest. If not, then God knows what. All right. So we'll find out in tomorrow night's game. So that's it for today. Um, yes, sir. Reminders for the people in the chat or the people that are listening on the VODs, playback, whatever it may be, whatever floats your boat. Please make sure you follow, rate, and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Those are the two main platforms that are going to help us grow the most. They're going to help us get sponsors, sponsorships, help us get more viewers to watch the show. Um, anything helps, guys. We really appreciate the, the work and the time that you guys spend with us. Um, 
We're also on YouTube. We're obviously here on Twitch at 10 a.m. almost every morning. Um, besides that, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Wildcard Movies. Um, I have going to be announcing something pretty relatively soon that I'm excited to talk about. Um, besides that, Sebastian, where can they find you? RabbitFL on all socials, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, you name it. Um, that's pretty much it. Alrighty, so if that's it for today, I'm Montana, aka Wildcard, signing off, and Those that are. is my co-host Sebastian, aka Rabid, signing off, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace.